one friend came with me. So she was the only person that knew what happened. I was really good. I literally did not tell anyone else what happened. It started to get a bit awkward, actually, as we got closer to air date, because people were so excited for me and they were so excited to watch it. Just more people were excited than I expected. I knew I lost, so it's like a bit odd yeah. as we got closer to the episode date and more and more people were excited because I was just like, you guys are going to be wildly disappointed with how <laughs> this turns out. I'm obviously not disappointed when people are that excited and, you know, they want you to do well. You always feel a bit bad that it maybe didn't turn out the way that they hoped. I'm Peter McCulley. Chelsea Watt of New Westminster realized a lifelong dream recently. That was to be a contestant on Jeopardy. We'll find out what it's like to be on the game show and what goes on behind the scenes on this edition of Today in BC. The correct answer is, who is Chelsea Watt? Thanks for joining us on the podcast today, Chelsea. Thank you for having me. I've been watching Jeopardy since the late 80s. Were you always a fan of the show? Yeah, I can't remember when I started watching. I think I was probably... 13 or 14. I really got into it more probably 10 years ago or so. When I started playing pub trivia, I really got into watching Jeopardy pretty regularly. But yeah, longtime fan of the show for sure. Were you one of the smart kids in class? And I asked that simply because I wasn't. They've got me here asking questions because (laughs) quite frankly, I never have the answers. I would say it depended on the class, not math class. I certainly was not the smartest, but I've always been a really big reader, so anything like English, social studies, I was a pretty good student for sure. I read somewhere that you described yourself as being nerdy as a youngster. Yep, (laughs) I think that's a safe bet. I was always that kid with my nose in a book, many books, was not one to play sports or be super outdoorsy. I like nerdy things. I like movies and books and definitely board games, much happier with those. What's your favorite board game? Oh, man. Good question. I really like Wingspan. I've been playing Wingspan with some friends. That's a really fun one. In the tradition of Jeopardy, Chelsea, what is Lambda, Lambda, Lambda? Lambda, 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 for me, is my longtime pub trivia team. It's a Revenge of the Nerds reference. So the two guys that started our team are big-time Revenge of the Nerds fans. So they've always named their team Lambda. And the rest of us who've come on board have just proudly embraced the name. This is part of the pub trivia thing? Yeah, for sure. I've played in Vancouver for years with the same regular group of people. We've played at a number of different bars. And picking your trivia team name is an important part of pub quiz, I would say. So we've stuck with Lambda for about 10 years now. And how does your team do as a pub trivia team? Generally, very well. We used to play before the COVID-19 pandemic, we played at a pub in the West End and they did 12-week seasons and we would win every season, not every week, but every season we would take home the big prize. We did that for about three years running. So we do pretty well. When the right people can come out, you can't get everyone there every week, but when the right people come out, we generally do pretty well. There's more pressure on now, though, I would say, when I go to pub quiz, everyone's, oh, the Jeopardy girl is here. (laughs) Did you ever play Trivial Pursuit? My favorite categories were usually anything to do with music because I was a broadcaster for a long time. And 
I seem to remember silly things that nobody else would remember, especially my wife. So that was my thing with Trivial Pursuit. My sister, my mom, and I would play Trivial Pursuit a lot growing up. It was like the one board game we could get my mom to play with us. But growing up in the 90s and the early 2000s, we had the really old version, like the original Trivial Pursuit. I think it was pretty tough for my sister and I, but my mom didn't care. She didn't really feel the need to grant us any mercy when it was questions about things from before we were born. I played a lot of Trivial Pursuit. We did eventually get a newer edition, which was a big help to my sister and I. But yeah, I loved Trivial Pursuit growing up. I still love it. Since you've been on Jeopardy, have you dared to Google your own name? I did yesterday. Actually, I get Siri to do it. And it shows up everywhere associated with Jeopardy game shows, statistics. The breakdown of the game statistics are crazy. Jeopardy has a whole culture. People really take it seriously. I have not Googled my name. I know it would just be, yeah, like all kinds of coverage of the episode and being on the show. Someone did send me a blog post from someone that does like the post-game analysis of every single episode, which was very interesting to read. It actually pointed out to me that I did better than I thought I did, which was really mm -hmm. nice. But yeah, no, I can't say that I've Googled myself recently. I think I'll avoid that for a while. <laughs> Let's talk about being on Jeopardy. And there's a preview video on the Jeopardy website of how to take the online test. I watched that. I was feeling very stressed. I felt my blood pressure going up as I watched it. I just chickened out. It's a lot of steps. It's a lot of work to get to be on the show. So it starts with that online test. I've been auditioning, trying to get on the show for years. It used to be that they would schedule tests once per year. So they'd have one that was for the Eastern time zone and one for the Central and one for the West, and you could sign up for anything. But it would be like January 15, 16, 17, pick what day you want to do the test. It's at this time. Now they have the anytime test, so I think it's a lot more accessible for everyone. But basically, you sign up, you do the online test. It's 50 questions. They're timed. I think it's 10 seconds per question. So whatever you've typed in at that time, it'll go to the next question. So the online test, it moves so quickly. You might think 50 questions, that's a lot. No, it goes very fast. But basically, yeah, when you take the online test, they don't share the answers after. But when it used to be the scheduled tests, they would share the questions on their Facebook page. So if you could remember what you answered, you could figure out how you did. But they don't tell you like what a passing score is or what they're looking for. So then you just wait after you take the test to see if you get invited to the next stage. And in your case, how did that work? For this, the timing that it all worked out, I took the online test in, I think, March 2022. And in June, I got a very exciting email that I got invited to the first stage of auditioning, which is you do it again. You take the online test again, but you do it in a Zoom. It's the same format. So it's the 50 questions, 10 seconds, but you have to do it while you're looking at a Zoom. I assume so that they can see that you're not like glancing away to, you know, someone, someone else in the room holding up the answer on a computer or something. So again, it goes very quickly and it's the same thing. Like you don't know how you do, but very quickly thereafter, if you do well on that, you get invited to the next stage of the audition. So that for me was also in June, 2022. Now they do the auditions on Zoom. So that is where there's a whole bunch of you in the Zoom. 
Then you play mock games of Jeopardy. So they have, it's a Zoom, so they're sharing their screen and there's a game board up and they select three people at a time and you hold your clicky pen up to the screen like it's your buzzer. You play Jeopardy on the Zoom and they just decide who they think rung in first. So you do that and then you do the interview segment that happens during the show after the first commercial break. The host comes and does the little anecdote with everyone. So you do that in the audition and then you just wait. So if you pass your audition, which of course they don't tell you if you did, you are in the contestant pool for 18 months. You cannot take the online test again for 18 months. So you do your audition and then you just wait for a very exciting phone call. My audition was June 2022. So I had a note in my calendar for January 2024 that was like, take online tests again, because that's when my audition would expire. I got the very exciting phone call in April 2023 that I was maybe going to be invited to the show. The first thing they do is they call to confirm your information and to check your availability for filming. Of course, it's been nine months since I auditioned, so they want to make sure all my information is still correct. I haven't taken a job with Sony, run for public office or any of those things. So that happened. And then a couple of days later, they called and invited me to go down for filming. When Today in BC continues, Chelsea Watt talks about her favorite contestants, Final Jeopardy, and what goes on behind the scenes. Is it time to upgrade to a vehicle that's right for your needs today? Get all the options you need at todaysdrive.com. Brought to you by Black Press Media. We'll get you into the perfect vehicle without the struggle of hours spent trying to find what's right for you. We're here to help make your search quick and easy, connecting you with a huge inventory of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs. Powered by Black Press Media. Visit todaysdrive.com. I'm Peter McCulley. Today in BC is a Black Press Media podcast. Chelsea, you've passed the test. You're in the line. You've got a date to be in the studio. How do you cram for a Jeopardy contest? How do you brush up? I think the best thing you can do is to have already watched a lot of Jeopardy and know the show. There's things that come up like pretty consistently on Jeopardy that if you know them, it's great that you know them. Lots of those I'm not good at. I know they come up a lot, but I'm not good at them. I don't know my opera very well. I'm really bad at fine art. Being Canadian, I'm not great at American history, the Civil War, things like that. So when I got the call, I started to think about what can I study? What can I cram? And it was really, for me, based on things that were going to be very obvious that I didn't want to be embarrassed to get wrong. So I decided to study the state capitals. I didn't want there to be a question that like to everyone in America, the answer was obviously North Dakota. And I was like, New Mexico. So I studied the state capitals and I studied the presidents because these are lists of facts. I can memorize lists of facts. I wasn't going to get any better at college sports. So I would have had to study that 10 years ago. If you watch a lot of Jeopardy, you really get a sense of how the clues are written, what they're really asking when there's, it's quite a long clue that describes a lot of stuff. 
you only get about three weeks from when they invite you to go to your filming date. So it's really not a lot of time to practice your buzzer or study up on things that you don't already know well. Did you answer a couple of questions that were based on what you had brushed up on and then kind of laughed to yourself as you gave the answer and thought, ah, no, not at all. Nothing I studied came up in my episode. That's the thing with Jeopardy, with trivia in general. You learn things throughout your life for the strangest or just like random reasons. You read it somewhere. Someone tells you something. It comes up at a pub quiz you played five years ago and you just happen to remember. Some of it I just know. I'd have to watch the episode again. But I think one of the very first questions I answered was, an audio clue about a Backstreet Boys song, which I just know very deeply in my heart from my <laughs> life. So I never would have imagined that knowing Backstreet Boys songs was going to be helpful in my Jeopardy journey, but it turned out it was. Was there a Canadian question that came up that you were able to jump in and get ahead of everybody else? That was one of my goals. I had two goals. The people that knew I was going were like, oh, I hope you win. I knew I would not win. I had a sense of my own abilities. I knew I was Canadian. I was convinced I would not win, but I wanted to make it to Final Jeopardy so that you get the full experience, which basically means don't be in the red, don't be in debt after Double Jeopardy, because then you don't get to play Final. So I wanted to play Final Jeopardy. And if there was a Canadian question, I wanted to get it correct and not embarrass all of Canada. So... There was a question where the answer was Celine Dion, and I did buzz in first, and I did get it correct. So I was happy with that. I read somewhere you were required to bring multiple outfits to the tapings. Why would that be? They tape multiple episodes a day. So, of course, they don't want you wearing the same thing. So really, it's about whether you win. If you win, you come back the next day. You're the returning champions. It airs the following day. It's a new day for the audience, so you need to put on a different outfit. And then, of course, it's just typical TV production reasons. They want to make sure that if you bring a shirt with a pattern that's not going to look good on camera, you have a different option. Or if you accidentally bring something with a logo that you have a different option, that sort of thing. What happens behind the scenes? Are people prepping your hair and fixing makeup and adjusting lights and microphones and all of that? Probably doesn't give you a whole lot of time to think about the fact there's 9 million people watching Jeopardy. What I said pretty consistently was I'm really trying not to think about the part where it airs because the millions of people watching was very weird. You do get a little bit of hair and makeup prep. Like they ask you to come to the studio ready to go, but they definitely put more makeup on you and touch up your hair. Because they film multiple episodes a day, you don't know which episode you're going to appear in. You might be right at the end of getting ready. You might be at the end of the day. So you don't know how long you're going to sit around. But I will say, I can't talk about everything that goes on, but I will say it's a pretty quick turnaround. They're like, okay, the next game is going to be this person and this person. It's 15 minutes and you're like on stage answering questions. So it's pretty wild behind the scenes. I filmed in May and my episode aired in July. I definitely didn't start thinking about millions of people watching it until about a week before it started airing. It really started to feel real. In the episode in which you appeared, David Biederman won the game by just a dollar. It doesn't get any closer than that. Yeah, he did really well with his math. He can do math more quickly than me to beat Daniel for sure. The other questions that pop up every once in a while that are the bane of my existence, are anything to do with the periodic table. 
that was another thing I thought about studying too. I studied it a little bit because again, it's just like, it's finite fact. Can you memorize at least part of the table? Yeah, that's a classic Jeopardy category for sure. The final Jeopardy question was around since 1988. It's roughly the length of a football field and travels about five miles per second. The answer was the International Space Station. I didn't get that. I don't know what I was thinking of. I think I thought the Concorde for some reason. I confused five miles a second with five miles a minute, maybe. All three contestants get the answer right, and that really doesn't happen as often as you might think it does. I've seen some people say online that it was an easier Final Jeopardy question. You never know, right? Like, you never know what category you're going to get and how you're going to respond to it. I knew it, or at least I was, like, fairly confident I know some people that I've talked to got it wrong because they misread the unit of measurement. Some people thought it said minutes, like they were just confused. And so I think that takes you in a different direction because you don't have a lot of time, right? Once you get the question, you don't have a lot of times. It's usually Final Jeopardy where things can change pretty easily because, yeah, it just takes one person to get it wrong when you really thought they were going to get it right. And suddenly it'll be different. I understand one of the requirements of appearing on the show and this is not unusual, is that you keep everything secret. You don't talk about anything until the episode actually airs. That's got to be tough. I'm sure the folks you work with and your friends and family were all bugging you a little bit to see if you had some extra cash they could borrow or whatever the case might be. Yes, absolutely. So I was lucky enough to film, like, there was a studio audience. So one friend came with me. So she was the only person that knew what happened. I was really good. I literally did not tell anyone else what happened. It started to get a bit awkward, actually, as we got closer to air date, because people were like, they're so lovely. People were so excited for me, and they were so excited to watch it. Just more people were excited than I expected. I knew I lost. (laughs) It's like a bit odd as we got closer to the episode date and more and more people were excited because I was just like, you guys are going to be wildly disappointed with how (laughs) this turns out. I'm obviously not disappointed when people are that excited and, you know, they want you to do well. You always feel a bit bad that it maybe didn't turn out the way that they hoped. But yeah, everyone was super nice. I managed to keep the secret. The Jeopardy folks won't get mad at me. If you've been following the show for many years, you probably have some favorite contestants. I do, for sure. A lot of them are from the last few years, like quite recent ones. So I'm a longtime favorite of Ken Jennings, who's the host now. I was really excited to watch Matea Roach, a Canadian contestant from the past few years who did incredibly well, was just in the Jeopardy Master series that they did last year. Actually, all of my recent favorite contestants are from the Jeopardy Master Series. I'm a huge Madame Modio fan. One of my friends actually booked me a cameo, like that service where you can have people send you messages. They had Matt send me a message, which before I went down for filming, which was just the best. Amy Schneider, huge Amy Schneider fan. I can't wait to read her book. Yeah, so I think a lot of the contestants from the past few years have been very fun. I am a James Holtzauer fan. Some people don't like James. I think James is amazing. Really just the Jeopardy Masters cast that was on last year. You could just take all of them and they're all great. Yeah, Matea Roach was one of my favorites, mainly because of her personality and her maritime roots. She's smart as a whip, no doubt about it. And she has a great podcast too, by the way, if you haven't heard it. As you mentioned from the recent crop of contestants, 
One of my favorites, just because of his sense of humor, was Sam Buttry. Sam Buttry is so great. Oh, so much fun to watch. Was clearly just so delighted to be there all the time. And that's what I look for in a Jeopardy contestant is just delighted to be there. If you have time, Ken, could you please bring it? That was my favorite line. Ken Jennings pretty much steamrolled his competitors when he was winning his $2.5 million on Jeopardy. What's he like in person? So funny, really kind, super quick-witted, like the amount of jokes, they don't all make the broadcast, of course. A contestant might say something and like just a really quick response. Note, like it's very clear when you're playing or watching other people play that Ken knows most of the answers, which is just like mind-blowing sometimes. You can tell that all three contestants have no idea what's happening. And I don't know, there's just something about the way he's reading it that you can tell that Ken knows the answers and it's low. Very impressive. Did you get a chance to meet Johnny Gilbert? I didn't get the chance to meet Johnny Gilbert. Johnny records from home, so he doesn't come into the studio. But I got to meet lots of other people that I know from watching Jeopardy, which was pretty cool. Johnny is amazing. He's 95 years old this year. That was definitely like a very surreal moment when I watched the episode and heard my name being read out by Johnny Gilbert. That was a surreal moment for sure. This is probably a silly question, but is the prize money in U.S. dollars? It is in U.S. dollars. I think the checks take a little while to arrive, and I couldn't actually e-deposit it because it's from an American bank, so I have to figure that out. But yeah, the prize is in American dollars with American taxes. So you have to pay American tax on your winnings? I think so. There's some rumblings in the Jeopardy contestant Facebook group that there's a way to get it back, which I might look into. But yeah, the check arrives and there's definitely been some adjustments to it when it (laughs) arrives. Are you going to frame that check? I hope so. That's why I wanted to e-deposit it. It won't work because it's an American check. My backup plan is to take photos of it before I take it to the bank. And I'm hoping that the bank teller lets me hold on to it because I would love to frame it and put it next to my picture with Ken. Chelsea Watt of New Westminster has been our guest on this edition of Today in BC. If you have suggestions or comments, send us a voice message to podcast at blogpress.ca. You may be part of our podcast mailbag segment. You'll find Today in BC podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, YouTube, and Google Podcasts. Why spend hours searching dealerships, comparing makes and models? Find the best of BC's inventory in one place, todaysdrive.com. You'll have access to inventory across BC, where you can easily find a vehicle that fits your needs and gets you where you need to go in comfort. Get in the driver's seat. Don't miss out on the many options we have available for you. Powered by Black Press Media, todaysdrive.com connects you with exclusive new and used car deals.